we should start a podcast. Yeah, we've all said it. But when it comes time to make it a reality, we get stuck. Well, here's some good news. With Spreaker, all you need to start a podcast is a microphone and a good idea. Spreaker handles the recording, management, distribution, and monetization of your podcast, allowing you to focus on making a podcast. Whether you're discussing the latest moves in the tech sector or just your dating life, Spreaker gives you tools to make your podcast a hit and professional insights about who is listening and where. And as your podcast dream grows, Spreaker only becomes more useful, letting you upload and schedule multiple episodes at the same time, push to multiple platforms and customize RSS feeds. But what about making money? With Spreaker, monetization is as easy as checking a few boxes. So next time someone says to you, we should start a podcast, Say yes and let Spreaker handle the rest. Learn more and get 30% off at Spreaker.com slash get started. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R dot com slash get started. Hi, it's Jerry the King Lawler, and you're tuned in to the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. I don't know why you are, but you are. Amazing, says some guy. These men have changed broadcasting forever. The Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. Oh, yeah, you know, just, uh, oh, no, I can't afford Skype. Oh, the, 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 the baseball analogy. Oh, the, uh, yeah, come on, I just think, uh, well, yucky guy, I don't speak Japan, and you f***ing people. Oh, yeah, you know, just, uh, you, DT. Wah, yeah, what do you think about that, Kev? Oh, well, Batista's pretty f***ing sexy, and, uh, did I mention Roman Reigns gives me a boner, and, uh, yeah, um, uh, 1980s baseball and wrestling was better than anything else. <laughs> DonTony.com everybody it is monday night july 6th 2020 once again we are back this is the don tony and kevin castle show i am don tony and joining along with me as always is kev castle what's up dt oh not bad not bad uh we just had um raw is um sasha and bailey um, I know there was a lot more that went down on Raw, and we will talk about it in a moment. Actually, two, you know, I think pretty, actually three uh, moments tonight that really caught my eye. But, um, you know, before we get into anything, you know, I was paying attention to this main event tonight. And I really started thinking long and hard about this. And I don't want any Bailey or Sasha Banks fans to get upset of what I'm about to say or misconstrue it. I'm not in any way trying to disrespect either woman. But I don't know if if you feel this way, Kev, but... It feels like WWE, ever since Charlotte's injury, has decided to make... WWE programming all about Sasha Banks and Bailey. You turn on Raw and they are featured all over the programming. 
main event. You have SmackDown all over the programming, main event. You have NXT now all, all over the programming, main event. And I know what some people are going to say right away. Well, Sasha Banks drew 900,000 viewers on NXT. And yeah, I gave it a lot of praise Friday night. But I'll tell you this much. After two, three weeks of every fucking program filled with Sasha and Bailey, you think those that 900,000 number is so much to brag about about Wednesday? What happens when you get that 900,000 number on Monday or Friday? You know, it's a good number for Wednesday because Wednesday night wrestling combined is a decent number. But I'll be honest with you, I'm getting sick and tired of give me one WWE show outside of main event and backstage that doesn't have Bailey and Sasha Banks on it. I mean, do you feel the same way, or or is it not getting to you yet? Because it sure is getting to me. Well, <clears throat> here's the whole thing: the, the the whole narrative going back years ago. Too much Roman Reigns, then too much Seth Rollins, too much Charlotte Flair. But they weren't on all the shows. I got that, but I'm just the the point being is. When they when someone monopolizes a lot of TV time, it's for a reason, isn't it? It's for either a big push or there's there's results, there's end results that are winning that are positive. Uh, is that really true, DT? You think are they crediting Sasha Banks for that big, big? Oh, and I'm doing finger quotes rating on NXT. She yeah, and she deserves all the props for a a, a great rating on NXT. But you know. I don't think they learned from what they did a year and a half ago, pushing Becky, Rhonda, Charlotte for so long because they wanted all that hype for the WrestleMania main event. And, and I supported it. I was one of the only few that thought Charlotte had to be in that mix. But the problem is they did that at the expense of the entire women's division and they did that with the expense of a lot of men in their division because i brought this up many times in the past you had male wrestlers that would come out and before they would tell their opponent that they want to strangle them they had to praise becky ronda charlotte history main event i mean if i want to kill someone in storyline you know, I'm not going to stop and say, you know, before I threaten to kill this person, let me just point out that we're making history at WrestleMania. It's just, it feels too forced. And, you know, you look at Naomi, you look at, I, I mean, unless they all have COVID right now or they're afraid to perform, right, right. Um, it just feels that WWE is showing no confidence in a lot of other talents that they are forcing Bailey and Sasha just oversaturating, I think would be the right way to go. I have said many times that they are uber talented. I like Bailey. I have no issues with her character at all right now. She does her job well, but I just watching it tonight, it really started to hit me like, can I get one show during a week that does not feature the two? One? Is that too much to ask? Unless there's an agenda. You know, again, are they making up for lack of other girls who can't cut it, who don't pull in the numbers, or they don't have faith in? I mean, again, what's the narrative here? Is it that are they pushing them as, a, as an office move, or is it a strategic move because they do draw eyeballs? 
So I guess, you know, we'd have to really know what the facts are. But it is true. It's, it's weird that they're, you know, becoming this team that just invades every show and they're involved in everything. A lot of TV time for these two, where a year ago at this time, everyone's like, why are they not getting any TV time? Where's Sasha Banks? Bailey's so underutilized as champion. Uh, and now, every, be careful what you wish for. This is what everybody's well, getting now. So wasn't wasn't like Sasha on, in, on the rug a year ago? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, well, a little more than a year ago. She was on the rug a little more than a year ago. On the rug. On the rag. Uh, again, be careful what you wish for. Everybody wants their favorite push. You know, Sasha's got a good fan base. So does Bailey. You know, so now all four horsewomen have gotten their their dream push. You know, this as a duo, these two, Charlotte and Becky individually. So now all four girls from that crew have all become spotlighted girls, getting the push that everybody always thought they should get. And uh, it, it's Sasha and Bailey's turn. But if it's if it's uh, generating eyeballs and keeping the numbers up a little bit, even though, like you know, it details something to brag about. These numbers, these numbers are pretty dismal. But last uh, week's better, Raw, better. third lowest in the history yeah. of Raw. Yeah. Last week's SmackDown, I think the lowest rating since they've gone to Fox, one point seven million, and people are like, well, it was July third. What does that mean? We're in the middle of fucking COVID. Where do you think people were going? You know, you can't go to a restaurant. Where do you think everybody was going July 4th? The day before July 4th. What does that mean? If you actually take a step back and think about it, what does that mean? It's a way to uh, Make blame shift. shift. It's a yeah, blame shift. So this way, again, you know, as people who are super protective of the people they like and the wrestlers they like, they don't want them to get the blame. So they'll just concoct something that makes sense to them. And it could have some bearing of, of fact. But, again, it, it's been down. It doesn't really matter who headlines this. Then, the, you know, the big show, that's why the ratings are so bad. I don't know if it's all big show's fault or people see it and turn it off. I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. But right now, Bailey and Sasha are the it girls, uh, along with Oscar, of course. And it was nice to see uh, Kyrie Sane tonight. So. Yeah. Um, Anna the Gay Banana, my political advisor, feels mm-hmm. Bailey is cringe. Um, oh. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't call it cringe. I actually like the character. And I think some people, you know, really, take your fandomhood, take a step back for a minute. Um, you know, and, and this goes out to one full podcast and others out there. I did not once during what I said, I did not criticize Bailey. In fact, I praised her and I said that I have no problem with a character right now. I enjoy it. I did not criticize Sasha Banks whatsoever just now. I didn't criticize their matches, their in-ring ability. I've been saying for the last couple of years that it's the full horsewoman and everybody else. Nothing that I said was against them or their ability. It's just that WWE, in my opinion, is oversaturating their current product. Every show is focused around them. And when you get too much of something too quickly, you usually get sick of it. I mean, it happens across the board. You know, in I just feel it is it's it's really revealing a lot about WWE right now and their trust in other stars. What happened to Vince in the conference call? Oh, we're building stars. We're building stars. <laughs> you know, it just feels like it's too much. It's too much. I want to enjoy Bailey and Sasha continue the progression of their feud. And, you know, they'll ultimately go against each other. But this is just oversaturation, in my opinion. I'm not criticizing their work. Their work is fine. 
and I was very happy to see Kyrie Sane back tonight. She Me will too. be there next week as well. The big question is, how much longer does she remain in WWE? Oh, is her contract is coming up? Is that what it is? Well, yeah. And, um, you know, they, there's <clears throat> talk that she may uh, retire after a year. I, look, I don't, I don't buy nothing with retirement. And as each day goes by, the more and more I'm convinced Undertaker is having another match. They, they're hyping up this retirement so much so when he comes out of retirement, it feels like extra, like special, like extra, or or better yet, WWE will do the mind games that they've done in the past. They know Undertaker's going to have another match. So they'll convince us that he's not. So when we all, like Sting, when he posted that little teaser on his Twitter, when the fans keep saying, one more match, one more match, one more match, and then Undertaker has that one more match. The fans feel like, oh, Undertaker came out of retirement just for us. We were loud. WWE listened for a change. Uh, I think that's all manufactured. I think all this hype is to cover up the fact that the current WWE product, with the exception of NXT, is very lackluster. COVID and no COVID. They have enough talent on that roster that is showing up on TV that you can't blame COVID for horrible storylines, for horrible, you know, just just the way it, the product is, you know, it's the I don't know, I don't know. But um, by the way, Cress, no, I didn't gain any weight. Actually, the problem is, is that the shirt I'm wearing today is one size too small, and uh, depending on how it's cut, makes me look like I got tits, you know. And I'm not showing you my tits right now, but. Uh, uh, and shout out to Jay Shady, um, you know Anthony DeVirgin. I, I, you don't think like that's something I haven't seen when I was in school. Anthony DeVirgin, Anthony DeVirgin. You know what the what I used to get at school, and I've told a lot of people before. When I was a kid, Adidas were a big deal. Run DMC used to rap about it, and yeah. people in my school used to say Adidas. You know what it used to stand for? When people wanted to be nice, it would stand for all day I dream about sex. That's what but, I remember. Yeah. yeah, but in the case of the, see, I thought it was a joke and I laughed it off back then. You do it now, it's considered bullying, but they would say Adidas would stand for Anthony de Blasi is dumb and stupid. They really said that? Yeah, I swear to God. Why? You think I would sit here and like figure out, like, oh, how could I think of what Puma <laughs> would, would have been? That, yeah, no. they would say Adidas stood for Anthony de Blasi is dumb and stupid. That's terrible. How old were you? It was what, that. grammar school? It was junior high. <clears throat> That's 84, terrible. 85, 86. I didn't care. You know, it was, it was, it was what it was. I mean, you know, they would throw pencils at the teacher and, um, Teacher would turn around, who did it? And I swear on my mother, I'll never do another show again if I'm lying. I, and I got to actually close my Pellegrino water so it doesn't spill. They would actually go on the desk. And the funny thing is, on my personal Facebook page, I got a lot of friends from grammar school. They, If I asked them, they will say it. They would actually do this. De Blasi did it. De Blasi did it. De Blasi did it. The whole classroom, even though I didn't do it. 
Then I end up under the the desk. I'm looking at nothing but pantyhose. It smells like like sausage and salmon and uh, Jesus Christ! What the hell school was this? Same Margaret's. Same Margaret's. I I swear to God, man, my teacher would have been arrested if she did some of the shit she did back then. But you know, that was the time when Van Halen came out with Hot for Teacher. Oh yeah, I know. So so we we actually thought it was great. <clears throat> Holy shit. Yeah. So anyway, I, I I guess that was the easy way to get off the Sasha Banks Bailey topic, you know. Um I I, I don't think WWE is screwed, McCrew, if this crap continues. But, you know, let's put it this way. We've had many July 4th holidays and July 3rds in the last 27 years of Raw. 27. You think of all and you know, when you get the third lowest rating in 27 years, yeah, you can't blame that on holidays anymore. You can't blame it on other things. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, but I do agree, Anthony Diaz. You know, um, I, I like Kyrie Sane. I, I think she should stay. I think, um, you know, the fact that she doesn't speak English hurts a little bit. But she plays the recorder. You know, and believe it or not, everybody, and I brought this up once before, Recorder, we actually had in second grade. Anybody could go on eBay, Amazon, and buy a recorder for five bucks, and you can actually learn in about 15 minutes how to play as good as Kyrie Sane. Really? Yeah, because it's, I haven't played it since like second or third grade, but what I do remember is depending on how hard you blew, and, you know, just putting your fingers over the holes. It's not like a flute that has like 35 holes and you got to go this way. <clears throat> but the recorder is actually, ve- you know, what? I think I'm going to buy one. Seriously, for five bucks, I'm going to buy one. And then you give me a week or two, I'll come up here and I'll do songs. I'll do songs for Super Child Take Requests. It's a kid's toy, though. Isn't it like a kid's Yeah, thing? it's a kid's toy. Yeah, yeah, it's a kid's instrument. Yeah. But um, so look. I, I'm sorry to spring this on you, but we got a little treat today. Uh, somebody actually sent this over. I don't think it's really that hard to think about, but a little interaction with everybody out there. Something mm-hmm. to think about. And then when we finish with the show, I'll spring it on you and you could name your names. But, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of people mm-hmm. out there, like they'll show like four different photos and they'll say eliminate one or they'll say uh they'll have like groups of four people and uh you could only choose one or but like things like that so somebody passed along with me let's say you were going to start your own wrestling promotion you're going to start your own wrestling promotion and i don't know some lawsuit or something happens and because of that or maybe wwe they just go out of business and every wrestler in the country is a free agent Every promoter was uh, was accused of speaking out. There was no wrestling promotions. All the wrestlers were without jobs in the United States. You're starting your first promotion. You get the first eight picks. Very simple. Who would be your first two male wrestlers? Your first two female wrestlers? Your first two tag teams? One commentator, one manager. So later on, you don't have to come up with it now but later on you know think about it two male wrestlers two females two males two females two tag teams a manager and a commentator who would be your picks and everybody out there um not just the chat room go on to youtube and post who you would choose uh two male two female two tag team one manager one commentator very easy 
Very easy. So uh, congratulations are in order. I don't know if you heard about this, but um, Sarah Logan uh, will not be uh, coming back to wrestling anytime soon. That's not the good news. I mean, you know, the good news is, is that her and Eric are, are going to have a baby. Yeah, no, that's good. That's great news. Happy for her. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy for them. I mean, you know, a lot of people thought that Sarah Logan was going to return and then she was going to do MMA and now she's pregnant. Um, you know, the funny thing is, is that I saw people writing today like, well, maybe that's why she didn't make the return. Um, I think the pregnancy chest just turned blue, like within the last day or two. So yeah. she could have come back a month, month and a half ago and worked. Um I don't think they were aware that she was pregnant. I don't think they were even trying to have a baby a month and a half ago. But uh, I'm very happy for them. Good for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, let's let's. I want to shout out Jay uh, Farouk. Uh, much love from Michigan. So shout out. And uh, by the way, you know we can't do roll call on Monday. It would take way too long to do, especially with all the the extra people tuning in. But shout out to everybody who's tuning in live, everybody on the archives. Much appreciated as always. Um, so getting back to Raw, overall thoughts of the show today? I thought it was better than the last couple of weeks. I, I don't know if I give it a thumbs up, but I'll probably a thumbs in the middle. But it was definitely better than the last few weeks. Uh, that's for sure. I don't know how the rating's going to be. And I already know the excuses. It's 4th of July extended weekend. And I know what you just said about that. But uh, I have a feeling the ratings aren't going to be so good, but I guess we'll wait till tomorrow afternoon <clears throat> to find out. But I thought it was better than it's been. It, I wasn't, like, re- you know, all restless and, like, I want to change the channel. I, I kind of tuned in. I was pretty uh, attentive to this show. Unlike last couple of weeks, I was really restless and really wanted to change the channel. We talked about that. Um, you know, Drew opened it up. We kind of got the leak of uh, a former WWE guy who was fired recently coming back, you know, uh, it turns out to be Heath Slater. So I kind of I kind of figured that was going to be an interaction because of that three-man band association. I also thought Slater would put up more of a match than five seconds. But again, he just kicked him in the face and it was over. But that was cool when he came out and did his usual, you didn't care about me, I was happy for you. I mean, they played it the way they needed to play it. But again, it's, again, DT, when you got 30 people from NXT, the, the reaction is so limited, what the oohs and ahs. That it kind of, you know, you got to enjoy it just for what it is. You know what I'm saying? Instead of how the live reaction would have been. I don't know if a live crowd would have really popped anyway. Yeah. Live, but, you know, look, you know. the three-man band, 3MB, the triangle is now complete for people that don't know what I mean. Yeah. You know, um, as far as 3MB wrestling each other, September 2012 was the first time that Drew McIntyre took on Jinder Mahal. August of 2016, Jinder Mahal took on Heath Slater. And tonight, Heath Slater took on Drew McIntyre. So the triangle is now complete. They all That's wrestled true. each other. Um, somebody also pointed out that the 3MB formula seems to be that you get released, then you get bulked up, and you grow a beard, and then you come back, and then you try to make a statement. Um Happened to Drew, happened to Jinder, and now it happened to Heat Slater. The only thing is, is that you think Heat Slater is sticking around? No, no. And I don't see Heat Slater coming back all checked. I don't see Heat Slater pulling a trifecta. 
and him coming back. That would be too bizarre, by the way. Can you imagine him all Ultimate Warrior jacked up? Uh, I can't picture that. And he's not that tall. He doesn't have the height that Jinder and uh, Drew have, the stature. So I don't know if he can pull that off. I, I don't know if that's doable. I think he could come back as an enhancement talent again, like the way, uh, what's his name, uh, came back, uh, Ryder's partner. Uh, what's his name? Um, Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, remember he, they fired him. He came back with the cane. He got a thought he was going to get a push, then he just became the guy who lost the most matches. I think Slater can get hired again, but he would just be enhancement talent again, or maybe mid-carder, but not a top guy. But it would be interesting. I mean, that would be something to get to see the three of them come back like that and win world titles. I just don't see that for Slater. Yeah, it's not that I kind mean, of talent. It's I look at it like talent. this. After the match was over, uh, how emotional Heat Slater got. I mean, he was very happy for his friend and, you know, likewise with Drew McIntyre. But that hug and the, the red eyes looked more like, um, here's my appearance. You know, it was it was awesome. But as of right now, it uh, doesn't look like that I have any deal. Um, you know, for new for newer listeners, newer viewers out there, you know, there's something that you unfortunately haven't had the um, the luxury of enjoying like we did when we were very young. It was the uh, OSD called the One Shot Deal. And that was something that it wasn't used all the time. But there were many times in our wrestling fandomhood back in the days when the other promotions were around that wrestlers would come in for the one-shot deal. So that's what it seems to be with Heat Slater tonight. His promo was fabulous. I, you know, it's just that cutting a promo is not enough. And Heat Slater by himself you know even if they put the referee shirt back on him i don't know i don't see you know like this fans out there that are rooting for heat slater you know to stay in wrestling you know reinvent himself yeah i think going to impact going to nwa nwa man i can't wait to talk about it wednesday nwa i'm a little concerned about it and it's not just because dave lagan is out of there you know, Ricky Starks is gone. Now Zicky Dice is gone. So I think, believe it or not, Heat Slater might be best suited to go to NWA right now. Um, you know, maybe you reinvent your character a little bit. It's just I agree with you. If Heat Slater came out to a live audience tonight, and I'm not I'm sorry for making this comparison, but the immediate thought that I had when you said that was when Grandmaster Sexay made uh god rest his soul came oh, back god, during the michael cole i think jerry lawler feud and yes, i think oh, wwe was... expected some great reaction from the fans and the fans were dead silent and oh, i honestly yeah. think if heat slater were to come back tonight and there were fan regular fans regular you know business as usual i don't think fans would have popped why would they have popped yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, if anybody wants to see the most cringe, and it's it's sad now because he's deceased too. So I mean, but uh, when Grandmaster Sexy came back, I remember we I think we did a show that night. It was uncomfortable. Yeah, it was it was so uncomfortable. It was it was horrendous, and it wasn't that far removed from uh, you know too cool being there. It was what ten years removed, <clears throat> and people were just like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" And it was it was just shows you out of sight, out of mind, right, DT? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and his match with Drew McIntyre was a couple of seconds. I mean, Claymore kick done, you know? And it. then to to keep face with Heat Slater, you know, you have Dolph Ziggler smacking him around a little bit. And, you know, this is to, you know, so Heath could keep his uh, baby face, you know, intact, especially, to you know, on social media. It was a great moment. Don't get me wrong. I mean... I don't know if I would watch a table for three of 3MB, you know, having a little update, you know, now. But, you know, when they did that simulcast, I think on the bump, it might have been, where uh, Heat Slater was shown on simulcast and Drew McIntyre had the belt and Heat Slater was legitimately choked up. That was a real moment. Those guys really became close. So it was nice to see him today. But, you know, again, the one-shot deal is not... You know, it's not used much anymore. But back in the day, we had that happen many times. So, you know, it was fine. You there? Yeah, I'm here. All right. So let me ask you this. Another thing that was a big deal tonight on Raw was um, MVP coming out with uh, the newly designed United States Championship. What's your thoughts on that new title? Looks nice. I like it better than the other one. Uh, it looked pretty good. Uh, a little presumptuous, but uh, and I hope MVP again. I, I I want him to be a manager. I'm all for him being a manager. I don't want him to be a, a competitor and a manager. Just let him have a stable. I like this thing he's doing with Lashley. Looks like they're trying to court Cedric Alexander now, which rumor has it he might turn on Ricochet. I got no problem with that either. Cedric needs desperately needs to do something. Uh, if it's not going to be Apollo, it's going to be Cedric. Build a nice little stable heel fraction there. But I don't want to. I don't want MVP wrestling. Just let him. Let him uh, be a manager. His, his in ring day should be over in my opinion. special attraction once a year, but not every fucking week. Yeah. Um. You know. Look. I don't want to disrespect any other websites or podcasts out there. And yes, July remains goof free month, so we're not going to go there. But I'm going to make a point. I invite anybody out there to look at almost every other podcast and website when they're showing pictures of the title. They're showing pictures where it looks like it was colored in with crayons. It is The contrast is so off, and it makes the title look so plain. When you actually, and, and small pictures don't even do its justice. When you look at the title up close, especially on an angle, Honestly, in my honest opinion, this is a beautiful-looking title. You know, I think some people were concerned before they launched the, 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 the new design that, oh, you know, with the current environment we're in, it's almost like, you know, you can't be proud of the USA that maybe WWE waters down the red, white, and blue, and it's still the United States title, but it, they'll take away the U.S. feel to it. But you look at it up close. It's got, you know, the flag. It's got the the winged eagle. It's got the stars and the stripes. And I honestly, you know, I know some people think it's cacas. I absolutely think this title is beautiful. I like the title. Yeah, I like it. I like it very much. Um, but the only thing I was really concerned about tonight is Apollo Cruz. I don't know if anybody else thought about this. Why is MVP debuting Apollo Cruz's title? I mean, I know what they tried to pull off on TV today. Right. But 
Apollo Crews, this is his title. Why is Apollo Crews not at Raw today? And again, I'm not going to be one of those to speculate as far as who tested positive and who didn't and this and that. that, But I am very confused (laughs) why you would debut someone else's title and the champion is not there. Why would MVP, yes, he wants the title, and he believes he's going to win the title. And the only reason why he's facing Apollo Crews is because they don't want Lashley losing Apollo Crews right now. Right. Um, but the fact that Apollo Crews is not on Raw to debut the new design of his title, to me, is a huge, huge deal. That makes zero sense. If Apollo Crews shows up next week, why not just debut the title next week? I don't know. You know, maybe there's something that's going to go on and there's going to be a default. Yeah, I'm Rob, not sure. Yeah, Rob, I'm not speculating. I'm confused. I'm confused. Know. I think of <clears throat> all the years when someone has a title debut, the champion is the one in the ring to see their new title, not the challenger. It, what did MVP do? Steal it from the WWE? It just it doesn't make sense. If MVP came out and declared himself champion and came out with his own fake belt, you know, I'm not saying like the Ric Flair stuff, but if he comes out with his own title and he feels he's the real champion, that's different. But he's coming out with WWE's launch, the redesign of Apollo Crews' title. It makes zero, zero sense. None. But you could buy it for $429 right now, but... No, that's good. I tell you, four twenty nine. Even though I wouldn't spend it on that, that's not a bad price for that title. I mean, I talked about it last Wednesday. You have MLW charging two grand for an MLW title. I mean, it, you could buy freaking this championship for four hundred dollars and still have fourteen hundred, sixteen hundred dollars left over. Well, I'm not like a big belt aficionado. I know some people are who are fans of the show, but anybody even in the chat, what is a normal? Uh, the standard belt go for in WWE Championship or something on their site. What do they sell it for? Uh, you know, it's, it's five six hundred dollars. You oh, know, is it good? they'll go that five six hundred bucks, really. Wow. Yeah, the New Japan uh, Alberts is bringing up is only two ninety nine. Yeah, you know, you got <clears throat> four to five hundred dollars. I think That's would be the say. norm. You know, for the most part. I mean, the the AEW belt that I got. I made a deal with someone and I got it dirt cheap, but you could find replicas, decent replicas online for about three fifty, you know, okay. three eighty. So that that's about the price. But uh I don't know. I just again, beautiful looking belt. Makes no sense, you know, and uh as we saw tonight, Ricochet, you know, Cedric, you know, not getting any any love right now in the wind department, but I'm curious. You almost feel like MVP's got to get somebody on board, you know. Take note. I'm not trying to cause controversy, but take note. Yes, he originally approached Vink and Stink. Forget them. Unless they were Steve Martins, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, But ever since he approached Vink and Stink, he approached Lashley. He approached Apollo Crews. He approached, uh, did he approach Shelton Benjamin? Kind of. Uh, yeah, that's why, yeah. yeah, I mean, is this turning into a black storyline? I'm not trying to be racist or controversial. I'm just pointing it out. 
Is this turning into a black storyline? Well, it's turned into a, a, an African-American heel faction, which sat up, which uh, we haven't had in quite a while. All African-American, uh, if they do do that, Cedric, Apollo, maybe Shelton. I think Cedric's going to turn. Do you kind of see that, DT? Cedric will turn? Um, Possibly. Doing the, uh, yeah, yeah, playing second, but out of the ricochet, you look like his lackey. Like, that's the kind of stuff that gets guys to turn. See, Apollo wasn't buying it because Apollo was champion. He's like, I'm champion. What do I got to turn for? But Cedric is on the losing end all the time. So they're like, hey, you're a loser. Yeah. And so you can kind of see him coming back. And I tell you, Cedric, with, with the moveset that he has, if he can get some swagger and some attitude, he can maybe get over as a heel. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that. I'll tell you, one thing that, I surprised the shit out of me is WWE knows who gets great reaction and who doesn't. Ricochet used to get actually a great reaction. Cedric, with all due respect, yeah. you know, that's why I made, used to make the jokes. You know, every time I get the call, no one reacts to me at all. If he was getting crazy pops or even decent pops, you think I would have came out with every time he gets the call, no one reacts to him at all. You know, so... If you're going to do a swerve or a twist in a character, take advantage and do it without live fans there. So this way, you you don't have to worry about, you know, him bombing in front of a live crowd. I mean, yeah. I, I'll never forget, and I know I've brought this up at least a half a dozen times over the last couple of years, but I'll never forget that interview segment. And a lot of you know, you know, and I'm, so, I'm sorry if anybody remembers what I'm going to bring up, but, you know, the interview segments where somebody is in the back being interviewed, and then someone will enter the picture on your TV screen. And when they enter the picture, they look right. up with that pause because they want to give the fans time to pop. I mean, any wrestler, somebody that's popular, they would enter the the picture. Was, you know, even if uh, Charlie Caruso would say, please welcome my guest, Rey Mysterio. And then Ray would come in, and the crowd would pop. And one time... Somebody was being interviewed, and Shelton Benjamin, uh, Shelton Benjamin, and Cedric Alexander entered the TV screen, and he looked up, and there was no pop, and it was the, and that pretty much was the birth of the little jingle I came up with. But right. do it now if you're gonna turn them. Do it while there's no live fans there, other than the NXT stars at ringside. This way, you don't have to worry about negative feedback. Oh my God, he turned heel, and nobody gave a shit. That's one thing that WWE is not capitalizing on. Right now, they don't have to worry about podcasters saying, wow, blah, 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 showed up and nobody gave a shit. Blah, 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 yeah. showed up and nobody gave a shit. Blah, 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 came out, nobody gave a shit. <laughs> you got five months to take advantage of that. You know, there's no podcast right now saying nobody gave a shit because there's no fans there. So do it now. I don't know what they're waiting for. No time like the present. Yeah, but uh, we'll we'll get into the um, the the results. In fact, I guess we could talk a little bit about Raw right now, and then we'll give the updated card for Extreme Rules. Uh, we got a couple other things to to talk about, so we still got about a half an hour, you know, of content. And by the way, a uh, little announcement later on regarding uh, bringing back sort of this week in wrestling history, sort of, but uh, I'll explain a little bit later on. But uh, we had um, Raw open up today. Dolph Ziggler, you know, the the stipulation is a surprise, extreme rules. We won't know until then. 
Uh, Ziggler's talking smack to Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre's talking smack. Ziggler brings out Heat Slater. Heat Slater wore a shirt, said free agent. Cut a very passionate promo. You know, it was real. It was real. He cut his promo. Drake Maverick cut his promo. Eddie Kingston cuts his promos in NWA. It's about real life. You know, Sonya Deville, her promos was, you know, based on reality. Some of the best promos that you will ever get from wrestlers that are not great at cutting, cutting promos or, or known for cutting good promos is when it comes straight from here, not from the back or the management. When it comes straight from here, you're letting out true emotion. You know, you could go on a rant about something personal about you. I could go on a rant about something personal about me. And after it's right. done, people will say, wow, that was epic. You know, because for some reason, when people talk from the heart, you know, it always seems to flow beautifully because it's real. And that's what yeah. happened with Heat Slater today. Uh, unfortunately, his match with Drew McIntyre only lasted 25 seconds. Was that what it was? 25 yeah, 25 or 26 seconds. I, I didn't have the stopwatch out, but, you know, it, it was, you know, quick and done. Hey, man, I know some people out there are going to say, yeah, fuck them. They released you. Don't go back. You got to be like, you know, well, I used to say, woo, woo, woo. But now it's boo, hoo, hoo. Um, you know, they wanted to use his pool. Uh, what's his face? Zack Ryder. And Zack Ryder got pissed off. You know, because they asked Chelsea Green instead of him. And, it's a uh, pool, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they wanted to use the pool. He's like, yeah. fuck them. Boo-hoo-hoo. But the thing mm. is, is that, you know, got a nice payday. 25 seconds. Doesn't affect his 90-day no-compete. No. Nope. You know? Um, Gets him on TV. It's the beginning of the show when most people are tuning in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think in his heart, Heat Slater would love to remain at WWE and not go to another promotion because his whole career has been there. He'll never say that publicly, you know? I mean, you know, it's like, you know what it's like? It's like he, go, he goes to another promotion and does interviews, even on podcasts. He, he's not going to say, you know, my heart's in WWE and, you know, I would really rather be there. That's like dating someone new. And that yeah. person says, you know, I, I, I love hanging out with you and spending time getting to know you, but, you know, my heart really is with Adam. You know, it's like, you know, like I, I, I wish I was with Adam still. I mean, how does that current person feel? Or Eve. Yeah, or, or Eve. Eve. Or Eve. <laughs> so, um, so that was the beginning of Raw. Then we get the fucking Bailey Sasha Banks promo. You know, Oscar interrupts. And then we find out that Kyrie Sane is going to be with Oscar tonight. And then, uh, you know, the usual, you know, oh, Sasha could, you know, challenge anybody. She'll face anybody you want to bring out there. And then Sasha and Bailey look shocked that Kyrie Sane came out. You know, in storyline, yeah. the entire net knew that Kyrie Sane was appearing on Raw yes. tonight. They act shocked. So we then have Kyrie Sane um, beat Sasha Banks by DQ. Uh, right. 13 minutes. Not a bad match. Oh, not bad. Not bad. I don't know if Kyrie Sane ever fought Sasha Banks before. Not that I remember. They they match up well because Kyrie's, Sasha's not that big, and Kyrie's always been so outsized. Everyone from Lacey Evans to Nia Jax, they just tower over her. Uh, even Dana Brooke towers over her. Uh, but Sasha and her match up very well. I enjoyed the match. 
you know, it could have been a little bit better, but it wasn't bad. Like I said, I was happy to see Kyrie saying, I hope she stays. Uh, you know, I hope she uh, chooses to stay here. And she's good. Her and Oscar are good together. I think Oscar on her own might be a little vulnerable. Uh, Oscar having someone that watch her back, I think, is good, especially since there's this feud with Bailey and uh, uh, Sasha seems to be continuing. And Oscar's got her own, you know, issues with other people holding the title for one one of the programs. But I thought they matched up well. I don't recall them if they if they had a match before, they might have had several. I don't remember it, but they you know tail the tape. They match up really well. Sasha Banks, Kyrie saying. Yeah, I mean, I look at it like. Um, you can't always depend on Asuka. I mean, Asuka, obviously, you know, is one of the MVPs of WWE during the COVID era without question. But, you know, after a while, you know, you keep using the same person against the same person over and over and over and over and over again. Um, it gets played. And uh, they have Kyrie Sane in the mix. You know, that opens up so many different opportunities. You could have tag matches. You could have singles matches. You could have handicap matches. By the way, what's going on with Nia Jax? Good question. I was just going to actually, I was just thinking that myself. What is going on with Nia Yeah, Jax? I mean, anyone out there, you know, I, I, mean, I don't pay attention to a lot of these websites anymore. But, I mean, has anybody heard anything about Nia Jax? Because yeah, ever since... You know, Kyrie Sane got cut up, you know, on, on uh, the ring steps that time. We really has not seen much of Nia Jax at all. Yeah, Brian, it's not a matter of who cares. It's, you know, we're asking a question. I'm curious. <laughs> what's going on with Nia Jax right now? Um, very curious. I care. I care. I want to know what's going on with Nia. So she did. The, yes, that's right, Austin. She did wow. the injury spot with Charlotte. And now she's gone. That's right. Yes. Thank you, Austin. That's why I see you just slips right by your mind. Yeah. It, you know, it makes you wonder, you know, what, you know, part of a lot of the complaints and a lot of the incidents that happened, you know, I wonder how much of that had to do with this. Um, you know, I think, I'll be honest with you. I think that if Charlotte did not get injured, Nia Jax would still be on TV right now. I personally, oh. I think that Charlotte being off totally derailed like a few different people's storylines. And because of that, they decided to rewrite everything. And uh, Nia Jax seems to be the odd woman out, you know? So yeah. I don't know. Just something to point out, you know, again, if you, if you some of you out there don't care, you know, we still have to ask the question. I mean, what do you want me to say? Uh, next, to yeah, next we have Alistair Black, who I guess was attacked, you know, in the back. We don't know what's going on. I mean, I am not thrilled at what how they have used Alistair Black in the last month. That's another guy that it just feels ever since WrestleMania and Corbin fucking almost committing murder, throwing him off the fucking building. It's like they have really just totally became come clueless of what to do with this guy. That's true. You know? So um, now we have, uh, you know, the Viking Raiders segment with the big show in the back. You know, it was what it was. I mean, it was just a, an odd segment because they're talking normal. And Big Show's getting a little annoyed, and he chops Eric, he chops Ivar, and then they're like, 
well, maybe you don't understand the Viking way or we're different, this, this, and that. But nothing about this segment was, like, odd or weird. It's not like they were uh-huh. grunting. You know, they were just talking normal. And then they do a, a five-second pose, which, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not feeling it. Not feeling it. No. So, next Kevin Owens show. Interesting tweet. If anybody wants to go check it out, Kevin Owens paying a little tribute to Rey Mysterio tonight. A lot of news going around. The Rey Mysterio's contract has expired. He requested a raise, which for some people might think is a little ridiculous during the COVID era. But I heard when he rejoined WWE, his contract was lower than what you know people thought it would be. So him asking for a raise, although odd from a lot of people, I'm hearing it's actually you know not you know it's not too outrageous to for him to ask, but. He's a team player, and he's still, you know, working. And now he's having a match with Seth Rollins at Extreme Rules, the horror show, which they said 50 times tonight. Um, But Kevin Owens comes out, and he's interviewing Seth Rollins, and they're talking about their Mania match and everything. And then this leads to Ray coming out with Dominic. And then, uh, you know, because Alistair Black was attacked, you know, like Ray doesn't have a partner, so KO agrees to team up with them. Then they have some deal that if if their team wins, that Ray could choose the stipulation um, with Rollins and Murphy, you know, facing them as well. And in the end, you know, Alistair Black comes out anyway. Ray Mysterio and... Um, Kevin Owens get the win, and Rey Mysterio decides the match is going to be an eye for an eye. What do you think that means, Kev? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, you know, he gets to literally take his uh, eye out with a hot spoon. I'm not sure what that means. Yeah, I don't. I, I I mean, to what extent do you just like poke him like Roddy Piper, like poke him in the eye, or do you have I've to got- like, you know? Whale the person in the barricade. Uh, personally, I th- I think this is going to lead to my original prediction of Dominic joining up with Seth Rollins. So even though the stipulation sounds all whacked out, maybe it doesn't even get to that point because Dominic turns and maybe it just ends in a, you know, maybe Ray could get the other eye banged up. He could come maybe. out with no eyes. See Casino when Joe Pesci puts the guy's uh, head in a vice. He goes, I got your head in a vice. And he pops his eye out when he yeah. squeezes the uh, thing out. So I don't know uh, what that means. Well, it's a horror show. So maybe DT, maybe they will take an eye. Someone's got to sacrifice for the company. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But um, <laughs> right now, an eye for an eye. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, look, it's a figure of speech. You know, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But now it's like an eye for an eye. No, really. An eye for an eye. It's like, okay, you know, it, it's got to end with some stupidity attached to it. Yeah. Yeah, so um, now we have MVP and Bobby Lashley cutting their promo. They announced that MVP is going to face Apollo at Extreme Rules, the horror show, for the U.S. title. And then they proceed to go to the ring and debut a belt, which we talked before. It just doesn't seem to make sense. Ricochet and Cedric Alexander come out, and they're upset. So they decide to have a tag match with MVP and Bobby Lashley. MVP wrestling in a suit. And uh, they defeat Cedric and uh, Ricochet. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, Cedric joining up. 
not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. I'm very curious. But uh, next, the segment that really intrigued me. Okay. How do you feel about Randy Orton's use right now? The way they're utilizing him? As the way they're uh, like, utilizing him right now. Uh, I mean, I like it again. He's doing the legend killer thing again. My God, he was so much bigger than Andrade and Garza. He just towered over them. See that uh, vignette in the back? Uh, with him, with Ric Flair talking to him and with him threatening Garza and Andrade. But they look like two little kids next to him. How big is Orton is like 6'5", right? Is it that Orton is a lot? Was it the camera angle, DT? But he looked like just towered over those guys. Randy Orton is or, very tall. Yeah, I know. Those guys are maybe 5'8", are 5'9". Maybe five, five, but uh, the way he uh, threatened uh, Andrade and uh, and Garza. So obviously Orton is you know showing that I will fuck up anybody. I am this gray area heel. I, you know, heel, baby face, doesn't matter. I'll fuck you up. I like that. I mean, it's very Austin-ish from back in the day. They haven't had a guy like that in a while. Uh, Drew McIntyre was kind of like that when he was doing the Scottish Psychopath. But Orton, it fits the character well. I like the fact that he will fuck with anybody. He's not aligned really with anybody. How did you, you like saw, his interaction tonight with Andrade and Garza? Oh, when he was holding Garza by the face and like, I will fucking bury, like, you know, not fucking even say that I embellished. He said, I will uh, bury you or put you in the dirt. Uh, I liked it. Like I said, he's, he's, uh, he can't be trusted by anybody. Very Austin-ish, but it fits Orton's uh, character. The Viper, Legend Killer, you know, uh, Opportunist. I like it. I think, I think it's a good character. Yeah, Austin, I don't think he's 6'4 only. I'm, I'm 6'3 and three quarters. Or Orton looked like six. Yeah, six I mean, Orton's got to be like six, five, I mean, Rick Flair, six, six. Yeah, Rick, yeah. yeah, Rick Flair is shrinking. Rick Flair's an old man, but he towered over Andrade. Yeah. And I'm just like, how, how big is Andrade? Maybe well, that's why they don't push too much. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll say this. You know, I think people are jumping the gun when they say, oh, the new legacy. You know, I, yeah. look, Randy Orton wanted to do something with the revival, now FTR. Randy Orton wanted to do stuff with some other young stars as well. Um, you look at Seth Rollins originally trying to do something with Austin Theory, who is vanished right now, and you know we have we don't know the the exact reason. There's been so many different accusations, from COVID to hashtag speaking out. We don't know, but you know if they're going to have Austin Theory in Seth Rollins's camp. I think it is a fabulous, fabulous idea for Randy Orton to start a new group with Angel Garza and someone else. I don't know if you put Andrade in there because, you know, this this obviously would affect Zelina Vega for sure. Andrade, I don't know if he would fit really in, in Randy Orton's group, but I... I you know, the interaction that Orton and Garza had tonight, I thought was fucking fabulous. I don't know how much WWE liked the idea that his hand was almost like wrapped around his throat. Oh, I, yeah, he looked like it. Yeah, yeah I thought it was it was awesome. I actually, I have zero complaints of how they use using Randy Orton right now. And if Randy Orton is enjoying himself and he sees a couple of really young stars and he goes to WWE and say, you know, let me try to do... to to them what Ric Flair and Triple H did for me when I was in Evolution, I think having a little faction would be fucking fabulous. I liked it. I liked it very much. Randy Orton gaining control of those guys during a match tonight with Zelina Vega 
has kind of not been able to in the ba- in the past would be some interesting um, storyline. The only problem is it would remind me too much of MVP and Lana. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't know if they're going to go that route. But, you know, ultimately it's going to be Randy Orton versus Big Show at Extreme Rules. You know, we, you know, that that's going to be where it's going to go. But, man, WWE should really take a step back and think about, you know, if they can possibly do something with, you know, involving Angel Gods and Randy Orton. I, I like that idea. And the legacy obviously makes sense because of the lineage and the history with the families, third generation, legit, all three of them. Um, but I, you know, and that, that's a way to get them over. Cause let's be honest. We, you know, we can all say, Oh, we're good. Oh, I'm a, I'm a fan of cause I'm a fan of Andrade, but we all know they're not over, over, not because of COVID doesn't matter. There would be a crowd there. Andrade still get the same tepid response. This has been going on for two years. Uh, and take Zelino Vega away from it, it gets even worse. Uh, we can think they're good all day long and they are good, but they have to connect with the fans. It's not necessarily because of the English language barrier problem. That is a little bit of an issue. But if they can start a new legacy, and that's just a rumor right now, we all like kind of going with these narratives because it's cool to think about it. And if we're in creative, we probably all go for it and do it. Uh, Randy Orton could probably get them over. So I, I'm all for it too. I think, again, a faction with Cedric Alexander and, and this, and a faction with Randy Orton, these two guys creatively it's a beautiful way to go but will they go that way it's to be seen to yeah. be determined yeah. ruby riot losing to billy k billy k just got awful i mean oh. i i invite anybody to go back later and look like look at how she was holding ruby riot's ankle like i would oh. hold a cigarette it was just <laughs> i mean it's just you know I, i'm not like obsessed with knocking her but if you actually look closely at what she does she just doesn't she it looks like she's got a hundred pound sandbag on her back she doesn't have the base she doesn't have the basics down pack like the fundamentals like keith hernandez would and some people couldn't catch a grounder we're in the big leagues now he, he would say you watch uh, the mets games dt you know keith is when someone makes a ridiculous error like this is this is the big leagues that's what Billy Kay does. She, this is the big leagues, the fundamentals, the the basics, the takeover, the the wrist lock, she, the the trip up. She can't do anything. It's, she's very two left feet. Peyton Royce is getting better. I'll give her credit. We gave her credit last week. Uh, Ruby Riot's the you know just on the receiving end of a losing streak. There's a probably a, a, a method to this madness of making uh, Ruby lose and look pathetic like this. Hopefully, there's a, a I rainbow. I'm not concerned. With Ruby Riot at all. Well, you think she'll come back, but but, but I, Billy Kay doesn't have the basics down pat. And I don't understand that for someone who's in the big leagues. I don't get it. I see people saying they should bring Ruby Riot to NXT again. She they should release her, let her go to AEW and others. I, I'm telling everybody now, do not worry about Ruby Riot. This is all a storyline. They're going yeah. to rejoin her and Liv Morgan. I know what people are going to say. Well, the, the Riot Squad weren't all that great back then. Well, you know what? Liv Morgan has improved drastically in her ability. Still got more way more to go. Um, Ruby Riot, you know, will you know bounce back from this? This is you may not like the storyline, but ruby riot's losing streak will end in the next couple of weeks do not worry if anybody that's big fans of ruby riot it's frustrating that she keeps losing one right here wait wait a little bit longer i'm not saying i agree with it but don't worry about it wwe knows how talented she is 
it's just not getting released or anything like that. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, this is all the storyline to bring her back with Liv Morgan. And who knows? A couple of months from now, they might be the tag champs. Yeah, big baby face tag team. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. But tonight, you know, it was what it was. You know, you know, I wouldn't. And our, uh, air extension fell out. You see that, DT? Yeah, F-R-F. yeah. I mean, if things couldn't go worse, you know, but <laughs> nothing to That's worry true. about. Poor girl. And, and by the way, I know we're almost at the 60-minute mark. Like I said, everybody, you know, Mondays from now on will be between 60 and 75 minutes. Still got 15 minutes. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be to the exact minute, but, you know, 60 to 75 minutes is plenty of time. On point, um, yeah. Main event tonight, you have uh, Asuka versus Bailey. No titles on the line. You know, a lot of interference from Sasha Banks and Bailey. You know, there were there was some funny moments, but you know, Nikki Cross. You know, at ringside, yes, that's because Nikki Cross is going to be facing Bailey at Extreme Rules. But just because she's behind the plexiglass, like Bailey is freaked out. Bailey throws a little bit of bottled water. Not orange juice, not soda, not a beer, but bottled water in Oscar's face, and Oscar's acting for a couple of seconds like she's blinded. Kyrie yeah. Sane's antics were funny. Sasha teasing as far as having the belts. Um, it was a it was a good match for how it lasted, but I think in the end everybody knew that there was going to be a lot of interference, and now this leads next week into the. The uh, Kabuki Warriors taking on Sasha and Bailey, and once again, you have the focus around Sasha and and Bailey. I have a feeling Sasha and Bailey will not be on Great American Bash this week, so we might actually right. get NXT without either of them. Um, but they're already hyping next week as you know the Kabuki Warriors versus Bailey and Sasha. I I, I know the match is going to be excellent. Um, but uh, what did you think of the main event tonight? I thought it was not bad. Again, just like with Kari and, and Sasha, uh, Bailey and Oscar match up well. Body types, size them. The styles are a little bit different, but they they're a good matchup. Uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I liked the, the them individually against each other, and I liked the teams against each other. They're four top girls, in my opinion. There's not one dead weight in the four. Uh, so I like uh, I like the mixing and matching, and I thought the match was pretty good itself. I mean, listen, that's a pay-per-view. I don't know if it's a pay-per-view main event anywhere, but that's a good main event for television. So I thought it was all right. I thought it was not bad. Yeah, I mean, uh, Nikki Cross, I see a lot more complaints lately with her. I mean, her being loud and taunting, oh, and that's yeah, her whole character. Much. I mean, she's not a psycho anymore. You know, if people notice, they tweaked her character oh. because they don't want to do anything with mental, you know, at oh, all. So she's more of just being like a Thorn and Bailey side. But, um, you know, again, you got Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, Bailey, Sasha Banks, and now sort of the Kabuki Warriors, which is fine. But you see all of the other women that are just hurting because of this Shayna Baszler my god you know just put it back in NXT I mean if if the main roster and the writers for Raw Smackdown and Vince don't know what to do with her the problem is is she's so dominant the problem with Shayna Baszler is this 
On in NXT, she was extremely dominant. She was a scary motherfucker. She she's a nasty motherfucker that you do not want to see in a dark alley. The problem is, is you bring her to the main roster, they know how to use her. The problem is, they put her up against Becky, and WWE's like, no, 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 we don't want her to defeat Becky, even though Becky did want her to win. But uh, no, 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 we don't want her to beat Becky. And then Charlotte, who is their golden egg, the, you know, just their crown jewel. No, 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 we don't want to, to, to beat Charlotte. Then Bailey and Sasha Banks. No, 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 we don't want to. And it wouldn't have made sense anyway because Sasha and Bailey are heels also. So it wouldn't have made sense. So when you look up and down the roster, who is Shayna Baszler going to be able to feud with and defeat? So that's the problem. They bring it to the main roster. They have this maniac, this beast. They remember she Count Dracula, you know, biting into uh, Becky, a and then it's like, no, 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 she can't beat this person. No, no, she can't beat this person. No, 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 she, who the fuck she gonna beat? So just put her back on NXT. <laughs> oh man, I mean, is there anybody that is a solid babyface that you could see Shayna Baszler going over on right now on the main roster? No, I mean they have uh, Alexa and uh, Lacey. A baby, but even though they're heels to me, they both suck as baby faces. I don't see anybody who matches up good with uh, with her. Yeah, with Shane in a baby face role. By the way, everyone, I wasn't imitating anyone. That was like the if you want to call it anything, that was like the triple Vince impersonation, you know, or the Vince Levesque. You know, I think it was a combination of Triple H and Vince. Um, it, they they have nobody. You know, it's almost like somebody who buys too many things on Amazon and eBay, and then they get it delivered to the house, and they open it up, and they're looking at it like, what am I going to do with this? Like, why did I buy this in the first place? They brought it to the main roster, and there's nobody for her to, to gnaw on, if you want to use that. So they just, it's not Shayna Baszler's fault. It's just WWE has nobody to feed her to. I mean, what are you going to do, feed her to... Uh, What's her face? Um, well, Deanna Perrazzo's now gone, but, uh, you know, they're going to do bring somebody in from NXT, you know, Lisa White, you know, Jan Smith, and squash her after two, three oh, weeks. Jan, that gets Jan, old. Smith is good. Oh, Jan Smith is awesome, though. Yeah, she's great. It's <laughs> Jan Smith. Yeah, the best of Jan <laughs> Smith. So that best was your Jan. episode of Raw tonight. Yeah, it was okay episode. You know, I, I like the Randy Orton Garza, you know, interaction. I think the belt is beautiful, but bringing it out, MVP bringing it out made no sense whatsoever. Um, you know, Ric Flair interacting, you know, it's nice to see. You know, I don't know how much longer that's going to go on television. I mean, I'm sure Randy Orton loves having Ric Flair by his side. They're very close. So, you know, enjoy Ric Flair while he's still here because who knows, a year from now, you know, we don't wish nothing, but a year from now no. he might not be here yeah. anymore. Yeah. We don't know anything. Yeah. So this Wednesday, we have uh, AEW Fighter Fest Night 2. We have Great American Bash Night 2. Um, the advertised matches for both. Mercedes Martinez makes a return to NXT. You have a street fight between me and him and Candice LeRae. El nice. Legato. Del Fantasma, which is Santos Escobar, Raul Mendoza, and Joaquin Wilde versus Brizango and Drake Maverick. And right. the winner-take-all match, Keith Lee versus Adam Cole. 
On the AEW side, you have Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus Private Party for the tag titles. Lance Archer versus Joey Janela. FTR and the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers and the Ice Cream Men. Nyla Rose in a match. Dark Order and Colt Cabana versus SoCal. Uh, Uncensored and Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. Uh, How do those cards sound to you? Sounds pretty good. I mean, you know me. I'm looking forward to uh, NXT. I'm more of an NXT guy. Uh, Giving AEW its props, so I thought NXT was the both shows. I did watch both shows, uh, even Kill last week. But this week, to me, stronger is uh, and at least piques my interest more is the NXT card. So I'll probably be watching yeah. that full full uh, throughout, and then watch AEW uh, the next day. For me, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I wanted to mention this also. Uh, you know, there, there's a little bit of news coming out tonight that uh, WWE staff, many more people tested positive for COVID last week. And WWE's already done almost 2,000 tests, and they're going to be doing it for the foreseeable future. Again, I've been saying this for months. It's a tax write-off. I don't know why they waited so long to be testing people. But I'll say this. I don't know your thoughts on this, but I'm going to take a little different view on this. You know, the one thing I think a lot of people are forgetting is that, you know, people are immediately thinking that everybody got tested positive at the Performance Center. And the, the problem is, is they're in sunny Florida that, you know, you were able to go to bars, you're able to go to restaurants, you're able to go on the beach. You know, everybody wants a tan because of, uh, you know, the, they look on TV. Mm-hmm. And just because WWE staff test positive doesn't mean that they caught the virus while working under WWE's roof. So Correct. I think a lot of people out there really need to take a step back sometimes and remember that although it's still, it's careless on, you know, the people that caught it. You know, like I said, you know, my brother's store, my father's store, you know, they've been open since day one of COVID. Nobody's caught the virus, and everybody has taken all the precautions. I've taken precautions. I've been tested four times, nothing. You know, you take the precautions, the chances of getting it is very, 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 very low. But, you know, it doesn't mean that WWE, their building is dangerous. Right. A lot of these people could have caught it going to restaurants, bars, the beach. And WWE, because remember, and I pointed this out, I've been tested four times already. Right. Nobody required me to get this done. I did, did it, it for your own well-being, yeah. I did it for my well-being and to make sure that I'm clear when I go see my parents. Right. Think of the WWE roster that didn't take it upon themselves to say, you know, let me go get tested. They waited until WWE to do it. So... I know we all criticize WWE, and they definitely deserve criticism many times over. But I think in this case, you got to criticize the WWE staff, the wrestlers, for not taking it upon themselves to get tested periodically on their own. The idea like, well, WWE should have been the one testing. You know, nobody needs to fucking hold your hand for every little thing that you do. And I know that there's some in WWE that are going and getting tested on their own. But to wait until WWE starts testing to finally get a test done, I think that is ridiculous. So, 
you know, in this case, everybody, you may disagree with me, but I would not put a, put the blame on WWE for a lot of these recent positive tests. You know, if WWE would have tested sooner, you know, people would have been found positive sooner. Um, and you could tell. I, again, I don't speculate, but when you see people cutting promos and they're not in the building or they're totally gone and it's only for a two-week period, that kind of gives you an idea as far as what's going. Because if somebody's scared shit to perform in that building, they're not going to just stay away for two weeks and then come back. Of course. you know, Of course. And I, I agree with you, DT. Everyone was making like... Uh, it was this big petri dish of danger that they didn't care about their performance and that they clearly got it from the performance center. Well, that that's, might not be the case. And more than 50, 75%, we just don't know. They could have got it anywhere. They're out and about. Listen, I see, follow a lot of them. You do too, DT, on social media, on Instagram. See a lot of them taking pictures out and about, out at a restaurant with their mask on, out and about on the beach. They could get it from anywhere. There's no... Uh, there's there's no dead set evidence that it was all other performance. Everyone just got it there, reckless abandon. And it was a little bit unfair. They could have did more. I agree. Yeah, it uh, was a sloppy shop. Taz was no, right. I, I again, you know, uh, it's it's WWE has led a lot of people down with a lot of things they've done. So it's easy to jump on board and kick them when they're down because they made a lot of sh- shitty mistakes and stupid mistakes. So it's easy to villainize them for everything. But if you're going to be fair, just take a step back and say. Listen, they don't really know who got it from where, who brought it to who, how Kayla Braxton thinks she got it twice. By the way, she was just posting bikini pictures of herself yesterday, so I don't think she's that sick, Kayla Braxton, by the way. Uh, Renee the Young, too. Yeah, but posting brand new pictures. Go look at Kayla Braxton. People don't believe, go look at her Instagram yesterday. Go see her post. Uh, brand new pictures of her in a bathing suit. So clearly she's not sick and dying. I mean, I'm not doubting that she's not wasn't well, but she's clearly better. And Renee Young, too, nice pictures, nice on Instagram, looking good, feeling good. So no one is uh, dead and dying here. Thank God, knock on wood. And she's got a uh, cookbook coming out. Yeah, she's got a cookbook. I mean, that's, the people are not, let's, you know, everyone, the people that tell, I know it's a, a big narrative for people to be like, ah, oh, WWE, WWE oh, they don't care. They treat their people, you know, they don't care about their well-being, their, their you know, death. And um, that's not, that's just ridiculous. They have thousands and millions of dollars invested in people. Of course they care. They could have did more. They fucked up. But let's let make like they were like, hey, if anybody dies, they die. That's ridiculous. I mean, come on. If I he dies, he dies. <laughs> yeah, if you're like Dolph Lundgren, if he dies, he dies. Um, again, they have a lot of money invested in these people. Time and energy and years. That's that's not it, guys. That's just not it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wanted to also mention quickly the current updated lineup for Extreme Rules, the horror show. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler. We won't notice Stip until the pay-per-view. Non-title match. Still blows me away, non-title. Swamp fight. Ray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman. We'll see if Eric Rowan makes a cameo. Uh, Yeah, for the Raw Women's title, Sasha Banks versus Asuka. Uh, For the SmackDown Women's title, Nikki Cross versus Bayley. Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio. An eye for an eye match. And the U.S. title, you have Apollo Crews defending the title against MVP. Not a bad card. It's okay. Yeah, yeah it's it's <laughs> okay. You know, I I want to see what the stipulation is between Randy Orton and uh, Big Show. They haven't announced it yet, but it's going to be happening very very soon. So, what do you think the stipulation will be? I have no idea. 
I honestly, I have no idea. In fact, it would not surprise me if they end up not having a match at Extreme Rules. Um, you know, something's going to happen next week. It's got to, because next weekend is the pay-per-view. Um, I think the fact that they have not advertised a match yet, I'm kind of leaning more that there isn't a match that's going to go down. Maybe that match is saved for SummerSlam because SummerSlam is going to take pace at the Performance Center, and they're blowing their load on some of these feuds now, so there's going to be some shifts in some feuds. So it wouldn't surprise me if it ends up that, you know, we see uh, Big Show and Randy Orton hold off until SummerSlam. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I think it's very possible. Very possible. I mean, you, you wouldn't want, like, four more weeks of uh, Big Show build up on Raw? <laughs> <laughs> is that a is that a joke question? Uh, uh, I know I, I don't mind Big Show right now. You know, I in, in you know it's like just give me small doses of him. You know, it's a little while. You know, but uh, he's still in great shape, and God bless him for being able to wrestle for twenty five plus years at his size. You know, many people would have never even thought he would live this long. Yeah, so true. I'm not so hard on Big Show, you know. Shout out to JReb92, Nathan P, Christian Montez, Marique, Christopher DeMars, and Mike uh, Mikey Hodge, our new and returning patrons. Tomorrow you have uh, Castle Chronicles, your solo show on Patreon. Yeah, 8.15 tomorrow night, solo yep. show. This weekend will be Mish and myself doing breakfast soup. Either going to be Saturday or Sunday, we're not sure yet. Uh, we'll pull the patrons, see when they want to have the show done. Uh, Wednesday will be Wednesday Night Dynamite. Friday will be the Don Tony Show. And starting Friday, I'm going to bring back This Week in Wrestling History. Um, cool. It's going to be a little feature on the show. Um, it's I'm not playing clips, so I'm not going to get flagged by any promotions. And uh, the only reason why I'm bringing it back a little bit is to remind everyone the the amount of history that is still being ignored. I know there's a couple of Twitter accounts that like to put up something here or something there. And like somebody posted yesterday, oh, it was the cage match where Tito Santana beat Greg Dam and Valentine to win the Intercontinental title in this week in WWE history. And they have no idea. That's the first time in the history of WWE television that a title changed in a cage. Is it? I think that's, yeah. I, I think that's a pretty big fact to have left out. But when they don't actually pay attention to history and just cut and paste it, you don't find little things like that. I think it's more important that a cage, that a title never changed hands by WWE in a cage before that match went down. I think that was a big deal. So, um, so just to give everybody an idea a little bit, you know, as far as even if you allow me about 60 seconds, just to sure. give everybody an idea of what went down. And the reason why I chose Friday is because when I used to do the history show, the week actually begins with Friday's dates. So at least when I bring up whatever happened in history, it falls in line from Friday to Friday. But just to give everybody a little sample of what went down this week in history, and you'll realize all of the moments that are just being 
ignored and forgotten by people out there because they don't want to do the work. We had, uh, obviously, the boating accident with Brutus Beefcake, the death of right. Joey Morella in a car that nobody brought up. You think of all the other tragedies that happened on July 4th. Uh, an infamous match that uh, was going to look into the future of wrestling. Ricky Steamboat took on Macho Man Randy Savage in 1977. You had uh, the infamous match of Ric Flair, who was the NWA champion at the time, took on then-champion, WWF champion, Bob Backlund. It was title versus title, and they did not record it because that was the agreement uh, by Vince McMahon that Backlund, as the WWF champ, could fight Ric Flair, who was the NWA champ, but it could not be filmed. You had That's Magnificent right. Morocco win the first-ever King of the Ring tournament. As I said, the first ever title change in a cage. NWA holds their first ever Great American Bash and debuts the first ever War Games match. Vader made his WCW debut. Dusty Rhodes beat Tully Blanchard to win the NWA TV title and the services of Baby Doll for 30 days. Sabu and RVD had a match in USWA back in 1991. A lot of people aren't aware of that. Uh, Chris Benoit, as the Pegasus Kid, he lost his mask in a mask versus mask match against Juice and Dundalagger. Fallout from Ric Flair leaving WCW, NWA still acknowledging Ric Flair as the NWA heavyweight champion. Lex Luger body slamming Yokozuna aboard the USS Intrepid. Right, right. The uh, this hit this week was the infamous. Match between Bret Hart fighting Bob Backlund, uh, retaining the WWF Championship, and Bob Backlund turned heel. Nobody talks about that. Was the, the the match where Backlund turned on Bret Hart and was looking at his hands, didn't know what he yeah. was doing. I remember it. Yeah, the Gangsters, New Jack and Mustafa make their Smoky Mountain Wrestling debut. Fantasio makes his one and only appearance ever on WWF TV. I, I, I remember that, that when he pulled the underwear out. I remember that. Yeah. Vader starts his roadkill tour, if people don't know about that. The uh, debut of the New World Order happens this week. We had That's the right. WWF debut of who? Who is who? Jim Neidhart. Jim Neville Neidhart. In Your House, like Canadian Stampede. <laughs> You have uh, the infamous angle where Billy Joe Travis is legally, uh, is legit arrested during a USWA event. Uh, oh, that's it. Goldberg beats Hollywood Hogan for the WCW heavyweight title on Nitro oh. in front of 41,412. I mean, I could go on and on that's and on. History. That's, a, like, that's all, I remember all that stuff. I mean, because I watched everything uh, throughout all that those time periods. But that's amazing. That was all within the week of the, yep. the, all the wow. If anybody ever watches Botchamania and they have this segment called Send for the Man, and that was because Macho Man got pissed off and almost slapped Tori Wilson for corpsing on Nitro. That happened this week in history. Mangan Goldberg debuted that Little Caesars pizza commercial, debuted this week. DX went blackface and mocked the nation of domination, happened this week. Uh, WWE had a press conference that they were supposed to have an event at Foxborough Stadium, and Steve Austin pushed Vince McMahon into the, I think, into the bay. And uh, that event ended up not happening. Vince McMahon cracks his tailbone in a motorcycle accident. I think that was also on July 4th. All, all this week. All this week. Um, Nitro, 
This Week in History had performances live by the West Texas Rednecks and Megadeth. Jerry Lawler announced his candidacy for mayor of Memphis, Tennessee. WWE wins a $3.5 million lawsuit against the Parents Teacher Council. Um, <laughs> Joey Ryan makes his pro wrestling debut this week in history. Oh, TNN announces the cancellation of ECW programming. Happened this week. Johnny the Bull had that infamous spot in a hardcore match with Terry Funk on Nitro where he jumped over the top rope and landed and, uh, you know, fucked up like his tailbone and stuff. It's a sick spot if anybody ever sees it. Um, Discovery Channel airs the infamous special pro wrestling school that featured Rick Bassman's UPW and showed a very young John Cena and a very young Samoa Joe. Oh, yeah. This week in history... WWF won the bidding war between WCW and Japan and signed Brock Lesnar. It was an actual bidding war, but this week, WWF signed Brock Lesnar. All these things. Nobody, do you see anybody talking about this stuff? Bam Bam Bigelow saved kids from a burning house. God rest his soul. Um, Booker T made wrestling history and won his first ever WCW heavyweight title this week. This week, Jeff Jarrett laid down for Hulk Hogan. And then Vince Russo cut that infamous promo where Hulk Hogan walked out. Um, Stephanie McMahon was added to the uh, ECW invasion storyline that she owned ECW. Um, Buff Bagwell is fired this week by WWE because of all the stuff that happened. Supreme suffered those like first-degree burns in a ta flaming table spot in XPW in California. This week is the Jackie Gator match, the infamous Jackie Gator match. Um, Wildwood, New Jersey, temporarily named the street after Ric Flair. Um, Ric Flair's autobiography, To Beat a Man, hits stores. WWE released 20 this week in 2005. Shawn Michaels turned on Hulk Hogan. Blue Meanie beat JBL on SmackDown as payback for what happened at One Night Stand. The beheading, when Muhammad Hassan beheaded The Undertaker. That happened this wow. week in history as well. Rob Van Dam and Sabu get pulled over on the highway and are arrested. RVD is the ECW and WWE champion. That happened this week. This week was the infamous Wikipedia entry that claimed to report the death of Nancy Benoit before it happened. Mickey Knuckle suffers a broken leg, and I think this pretty much led to her retirement. Um, WWE released Trevor Murdoch and Ashley Mazzaro this week. This week, the, the CM Punk um, used a homophobic slur at a WWE house show, and it was caught on camera. Yeah. Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family made their WWE TV debut this week. I mean, you think about all of this... The DA reopened the investigation this week of Jimmy Snooker killing Nancy Argentino, uh, Argentina. Uh, Global Force Wrestling announced their amped TV tapings. Right. TNA Impact had the final deletion, and it was the SmackDown live rap battle between The New Day and The Usos. Now, when you go on some of these Twitter accounts and they show you one or two clips... There's about 49 others that happened this week in history that are a pretty big deal. You see anybody bringing it up? You might see the NWO. You might see one thing here and there. Booker T made major fucking history stories. this week. Major, yeah, the major stories. Yeah. So all of that 
took place. And there's, there's others. I actually was skipping over some of the, the more boring ones. But, um, you know, I just figured I'd share with everyone. So I'm going to condense it down on Fridays. I don't know how I'm going to do it yet. But, you know, we'll start off Friday. We'll see what happens. Um, and speaking of history, I don't know if you heard about this, but WWE trademark is applied for the trademark of Wrestle War. So they're going to bring back Wrestle War. Okay, that was WCW staple mate. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you about your draft picks for your own little promotion in a moment. But um, did you catch The Undertaker's interview with Sam Roberts? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't right. see it yet. I'll probably watch it tonight or tomorrow. It's pretty good. Um, he was asked about going to WCW. And he basically said that, you know, he was loyal to Vince. He was, he was frustrated about the direction of his character and everything. And, um, you know, WCW, you know, opened the checkbook, but he felt loyalty to Vince. Um, we all knew this already, but I, I want to ask you a question because I asked Mish this during Breakfast Soup last week. You were a big fan during the Monday Night Wars, as was I. We've been watching wrestling since 1979. We remember when the when the Undertaker was still in the WWF, when Nitro was kicking their ass in the ratings. We remember when WWF overtook Nitro in the ratings, and then the tailspin with WCW. Do you think if Undertaker would have left WWF for WCW and Nitro, how do you think? he would have ended up there. I mean, how do you think there would have been, you know, any level of success? Like, what do you think would have happened? Like, phrase the question again to me. If Undertaker would have gone to WCW in the late 90s. When everybody else left or around the... Yeah, mean, or even if it was 99 or 2000, what do you think? How do you think he would have... You think he would have been successful in WCW? No, well, uh, they talk about that he could have did the American... Kevin Nash was talking about that he could have did the American badass uh, character and been Mean Mark or go back to, like, when he was Mean Mark Callis. Uh, but no one really remember. We remember that character. Some of you guys in the chat remember Mean Mark Callis. It was a 1989 uh, character that lasted not even a year. Um, and he could be rode the bike and be the biker version of the Undertaker. I don't think it would have worked. I don't think they could have made a present, even though they were big on motorcycles, rolled wild and stuff. Maybe they could have debuted him at Road Wild, at something like that. And uh, but I just don't see it. I, I just think it would have been a Bret Hart. I don't think they would have known how to use the Undertaker, even though Mark had been there before uh, for a year. He was in the skyscraper six months, then another six months on a single. It's it wasn't the same WCW it was when he left in '89. Uh, in 90 to come to WWF at the time. So I know, I don't think they could, even Kevin Nash goes, but he could have been the biker guy and Mark could have just been himself with the bandana and the, the torn shirts. Eh, I don't think it would have worked. I don't think, again, they didn't have to use Bret Hart and Bret Hart had full rights to his name and the hitman and they couldn't use Bret Hart the right way. So I think Undertaker would have been a flop. I just don't think they would have been able to use him right. Yeah, just see, I enjoyed, by the way, shout out to everybody who's live right now. Um, huge, huge audience live right now. I almost feel guilty for ending the show soon. But uh, yeah, I know there's, look, I've, I've admitted this before. There's a lot of other podcasts on on Mondays. And, uh, you know, people are always competing for the live audience. But when I see this many people tuning in, you make it a little bit difficult to end the show early. But awesome. um 
And by the way, if you're enjoying, you know, I posted some instructions online, everybody out there. But um, Undertaker, if he, you see, when Warrior made his WCW debut, anybody could go back to my history episodes. I loved it. I enjoyed his uh, his stint in WCW. Yes, there was a lot of caca moments. That fireball thing with Hulk Hogan was the drizzling shits. But I liked One One Warrior Nation, and I always remind everyone, listen to the fucking pop that Warrior got when he debuted on Nitro. I know Bischoff still to this day is angry that Warrior rambled for way too long and it screwed up the show. If the fans were enjoying themselves, so fucking what? That's how I look at it. it. Where does this go with Undertaker? Well... Like you said, with Bret Hart, Bret Hart still had his name. They couldn't call him Ultimate Warrior, but they called him Warrior. The problem with Undertaker is, if they would have just said Taker, I think that would have been gotten really stupid really quickly. Yeah. If they would have just called him the American Badass and not be able to call him Undertaker, I don't think it would have been the same. Plus, people need to remember, the American Badass didn't debut in the WWF until after WCW went off the air. So it's not like he was the American badass in WWE and they ran that momentum and he went to WCW and continued it. If he would have showed up on Nitro as a fucking biker, fans would have been like, wait a minute, we just had the fucking dead man in the corporate ministry. Like, why is he wearing a bandana and a bike and and a motorcycle? Um... Plus, I don't think that would have happened because Bischoff had the motorcycle also. So we didn't know if the American Badass was going to work out or not. So it's not... We look back on it and enjoyed the American Badass, and some people, that's their favorite Undertaker character. But if he would have went to WCW, that American Badass character was not even revealed yet. And all people would remember is Mean Mark, and that didn't go out all that well. So I just think Undertaker would have been without a good name and they would not have used him as the dead man. I don't even think they would have just called him the dead man. I think that would have been, they would not even allow him to dress like that. That would have been copyright infringement. They couldn't get too close. If you remember, they sued over the Scott Hall thing because of the toothpicks Toothpicks. and the hay. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine Undertaker came out with the fucking, you know, the, the, the outfit like Undertaker. Oh, it's like crazy. Yep. So I think Undertaker would have been a flop there. I really do. Plus, you know, uh, you could picture Hogan getting his wins back. You know, it's, I don't know. I just think Undertaker would have been an absolute flop. Not of his doing. I think just WCW, there was, would be so many limitations that they would not know how to reinvent them. And I don't think they would have allowed him to reinvent himself. Definitely. The mortician. Didn't give me that. It's stupid. By the way, I'm curious, everybody. I posted this on Twitter. I was very surprised at the response. Um, if if I gave out a trivia prize right now, I'm not. But if I gave out a trivia prize right now and I gave everybody a choice of either a, a signed Hulk Hogan photo or a three-pack of Lysol wipes or Clorox wipes, which one would you choose? Would you take the Hulk Hogan photo or would you take the Lysol wipes? And, and I know a lot of people don't like Hogan. But you'd be surprised how many people were like, no, I, you know, I could use those Lysol wipes with the COVID oh, era. Well, 
You need life support. It's a, it's a necessity. A Hogan picture is not a necessity. Yeah. So I'm just curious. But anyway, getting back to what we said earlier, you know, um, if you were to start a new wrestling company, there was, mm-hmm. let's just say that everybody out there was a free agent in the United States. We're not going to include Japan, um, anybody overseas in Japan, because, you know, some of us follow New Japan, but not everybody. So if you say, oh, kind of, a lot of people are going to be like, I never really watched any of his matches. So we'll just remain people who are currently in the United States. So you got your choice right now. Two male wrestlers, two female wrestlers, two tag teams, one commentator, and one manager. Who would you choose? Well, let's do We can both go back and forth with it. Uh, the two males I would choose would be MJF and Karrion Cross. Okay. How about you? They would be your you know, focus of the promotion? Like they would be the cornerstone? Uh, well, you know, I'm, you're, I'm, I'm taking it from the perspective of young, new talent that could be superstars. Are we going with established star? I mean, it could be whatever we want it to be, right? Yeah, be whatever you want it to be. Sure. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with MJF and Karen okay. Cross, developing new stars the way th- who I think both got it, got it factor, and could be staple mates of the promotion. That's a great choice. And again, I invite everyone, like I said, not in the chat, so to speak, but you could write it in the chat too, but write it on the, the, the page as well so everybody could see it later on. My two choices, even though this guy is up there in age, I think when I look at AEW and I see the value of Chris Jericho and, and Matt Hardy behind the scenes for the young stars, um, I think that is absolutely crucial. Sure, Chris Jericho is definitely past his prime. But you need a veteran influence. And I'm not just talking about somebody working in management. You want good veteran influences there to help mold and shape the stars of tomorrow, educate, pick their brain. So even though this person is more up there in age, I still think he would be the perfect veteran to, to build the stars of tomorrow. My two choices for men would be AJ Styles and Finn Balor. Okay, that's good. Fair I think enough. I think AJ Styles could still do it. I think Finn Balor, it, you know, people, he is extremely popular. He's uber talented, and that guy could, you know, morph his matches into all different styles. So I would go with those two as my men. For the two women, who would you choose? I would choose Sasha Banks and Penelope Ford. Okay, all right. I am really high on Penelope Ford. I thought, you know, she for the eye candy factor, but her in-ring wrestling has gotten so much better. She had a great match last week, and uh, I'm happy to see her doing well. And they're doing, there seems to be doing stuff with her now. She's not just a sidekick; she can wrestle. Yeah. And uh, Sasha Banks is uh, uh, again. Sasha Banks is proving she's a star. She's always been, and uh, she could be that top. She could be that that veteran coming in, and Penelope could be that developmental, up and coming talent. So I'm going to go that way with it. I want to let everyone know that the Finn Balor choice I made was a very tough decision because my original pick was Matt Riddle. Um, oh, that's a good one too. That's a good. Yeah, one. I originally was going to go AJ and Matt Riddle. That's then I one. said, you know what? I think Finn Balor would probably be my number two over Matt Riddle. So, uh, for the women, I would choose. Um, I don't think there's any surprise here. They're my one-two as far as top women in the last decade. I go with Asuka and Charlotte. And even though Asuka really can't speak English, her antics alone, you know, make up for it. 
and she's just extremely, extremely talented. Charlotte is in a league of her own because not only does she have the talent, but she has the mic to back it up as well. And um, so I, I would go with Charlotte and Oscar as the two women in my, my cornerstone. Okay. Um, for two tag teams, would be your cornerstone? I go with the Street Profits, and I go with the Lucha Bros. Lucha Brothers. Okay. All right. I we got we'll one be. team the same. I could tell you that much. Okay. Who's yours? Yeah, I would go with the Lucha Brothers and Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. That's good, too. Yeah, that's very good. Um, look, do I think they have seven-star matches like some other people say? No. But Kenny Omega and Hangman Page can still fucking tear it up. And Hangman Page... I am really curious to see where this guy is in wrestling like two or three years from now. I don't know if he'll keep that name if he ever signed with WWE, but Hangman Page, I think, uh, is is probably a, a secret. I, I would not be surprised if we did this again two years from now and a lot of people put Hangman Page on that list. But uh, I think the Lucha Brothers... Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Not saying for them to work in management. I'm just saying for two tag teams, that's what I would choose. Okay. Uh, commentator. Just one? Yeah, just one. Oh, you can pick two. Pick two. I would. I was going to say, even though I'm, I'm kind of phasing out Jim Ross in my own mind, to be honest with you, because he's just kind of turned into an ornery old guy at this point. He's just very, he doesn't sound as that enthusiastic. Uh, but I would go, when he's on his game, Jim Ross and his color man, Corey Graves. Before I say That's mine, Darren Hill. Um, yes, Hangman Page. Oh, I'm sorry, Chad Me- Meadows. Sorry. Of course, mm-hmm. Hangman Page is not a secret. But you scroll around the net and almost nobody talks about him. AEW no, fans, right. AEW fans for sure. Some like a sleeper. Like, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Me more like a sleeper than a secret. Like a sleeper. Like he's... No, no, he's no. There. A sleeper is someone that you really don't, th- you know, like you don't expect him to be the megastar. I think Hangman Page is without question going to be a mega, mega, megastar. I just but think when that... When he comes to WWE or you think AEW can develop him, do you think WWE has to get a hold of him? No, it doesn't matter what promotion he's in. That guy's going to yeah. be a mega star in about a year or two. So mm-hmm. I just think right now a lot of people out there aren't, focused on that guy that guy is going to be the focus of a lot of conversation in a year or two who's so, uh with matt with the managers who do you th- i mean excuse me commentators who do you think I, I believe it or not even though they don't get along i think there would be an interesting dynamic because one is kind of a baby face and now commentator and one's a heel and i mm-hmm. would be really curious to see their dynamic on a extended basis i would go with Mauro and alan Corey graves uh, that's a good one too. I probably should have gone Morrow instead of Jim Ross, but I'm trying to be fair and include AEW, not just be a WWE fanboy. Yeah, um, because and, there's uh, great companies. Pick a manager. A uh, manager. You can be an advocate. <laughs> I mean, an advocate. I mean, obviously Heyman. If Heyman wants back on camera time and wants to do that again, Heyman. Even though at this point, you know, Heyman would would come with a lot. Uh, I would say Heyman. If I had to go with someone as an alternate choice. I'm still liking Selena Vega as a manager, but maybe MVP will get. But I would go with Heyman as the obvious choice, but Selena probably as a, an alternative choice, even though I know she wants to actually wrestle. But her, with, you know, as a manager has been kind of effective. She gets a lot of TV time with it. Um, she, she could be a good-looking woman, can talk. So I'll go with Selena. 
Yeah, I, I would go Paul Heyman. Of I course, just think, yeah, you know, Paul Heyman could cut a promo about shit and make it seem, like, edible. You know what I mean? Like, he, he just, he has just a knack of always any smooth and just everything. He, you know, I pointed out, even on the History Show, if you listen to a Heyman promo or watch one from six, seven years ago with Lesnar and watch it now, they're almost identical. Yeah. I mean, it's oh, the same are. shit for six, seven years. That's not his fault. That's WWE choosing that. But um, by the way, if anybody sees me rubbing my nose, I got I have bad allergies today. I don't know what it is. I see like little dust particles flying around. Very uncomfortable. I should have took my Sizam today. But uh, but I, I would go with Heyman first. I, I think he's phenomenal. Believe it or not, I'm a little annoyed that I couldn't fit in Aaron Stevens in here somewhere because that guy, he would be in my top five. I think, you know, WWE, I, I, they didn't miss the boat because they did give him a decent push, but they should have made him go so much further. I think Aaron Stevens should have gone so much further in WWE. Absolutely. Oh, I, I agree with you. And actually, because people are on me in Discord saying, what about Scarlett? What about Penelope Ford as a manager? No, I want Penelope Ford and Scarlett can wrestle. They can work. I'm not saying Zelina can't, but Penelope Ford and Scarlett, I think, belong more in the ring. I think Zelina can be more of a, a manager and a, a mouthpiece uh, for a crew. So I, I wouldn't want to pigeonhole Scarlett. I mean, and I think Scarlett eventually will wrestle. And I think and Penelope Ford is showing she's obviously more than the valet. So, no, nah, I wouldn't pick pick them anyway. And actually an alternative DT I'd pick for the women would be, uh, if I didn't pick um, Penelope Ford, I would pick Thunder Rosa from the NWA. She's Thunder, really good. Thunder Rosa is very good, but, yeah. um, you know, she's still got more Time. seasoning to go, but she's excellent also. Um, yeah, no, there aren't any wrong or bad choices, but uh, I'm very curious to see what everybody's picks are. So please post oh, yeah. them. And again, big shout out to everybody tuning in live because I, I don't know if any other shows out there just decided to like not do one tonight or end early, but a much bigger live audience than usual. So, awesome. you know, I really, we really appreciate it. So yeah, definitely hit the like button, right? TT? Yeah. Everybody hit, hit the like button. You know, I, I, I posted in the chat, but you know, that just allows the show to get more exposure. So if you could do that, we'd really appreciate it. Um, with that said, I think we're really pretty much done. I wanted to give a shout out to Timothy Place. I really feel feel bad for him. He's one of our patrons. He had a little bit of an incident that he doesn't mind if I share with everyone. But um, you know, he he's been doing DoorDash, and uh, he went to a Walmart the other day for some reason. And anyway, long story short, some guy was like slamming his horn behind him, and you know, because I guess maybe he was driving a little too slow, and this is and that. Um, and, uh, oh, and by the way, I got to give a big shout to slow fly, so fly, be more, so fly, be more. So big shout out to him, my friend. Thank you very much. And, uh, King of Swan style says Matt Riddle and carrying cross would be his two choices. Nice. So yeah. Yeah. And look, great choices. I definitely, you know, there's some great talents out there. There's, you know, you really, and believe it or not. I know this is going to sound insane, but I actually like thought to myself to try to put up a good argument to put Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns on that list. Not that I 
want either one on my list, but as far as marketability or just dominance, the problem is I think if I put Brock Lesnar as the cornerstone, he would just eat everybody up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know who he would be even be able to face. So that that's the reason why I didn't choose him. Roman Reigns probably would be like, that's why I chose Finn Balor. Because Finn Balor is so beloved by fans and is so uber talented. That's why I chose to go with him. Even over Matt Riddle. Maybe a year from now I changed my mind as far as Matt Riddle. But uh, but anyway, he's, um, you know, so guys like beeping his horn. Right. Long story short. He goes into a parking lot. He had to go to a Walmart, and I guess this guy, like, cut somebody off or something. So he takes a picture of the guy's plate, mm-hmm. I guess, to report that the guy's driving reckless. Well, the guy saw him take the picture of the plate. Oh, no. He goes into Walmart, and apparently the guy's following him, and he's trying to, like, get his attention, and then he realizes, you know, who the guy is. And he's like, you know, why are you videotaping my plate? And he's like, you're driving reckless, this and that. And the guy tells him that... If I get any reports, I know where you fucking live because he knows, you know, Timothy's plate. Oh, he wanted shit. to know if I thought that he should get a dash cam. And I'll be honest with everybody out there. Um, it's not worth getting into any incidents with anybody behind the wheel. I have had so many road rage incidents with people over the years. One time I had a gun pulled on me. You know, and uh, it's, trust me, you don't, especially with what's going on in this world right now, there are so many people whose fuses are this big right now that are about to go off. So the slightest little thing will set somebody off. So, yes, I recommend to every single person out there to get a dash cam. Because if you ever have an accident or if anything ever happens on the road, you get pulled over from a cop, it's documented, especially people who are black. Get a dash cam with audio. You get pulled over. It's recorded. It's documented. It's there. They can't do anything about it. I have a dash cam in my car for years now. And anything happens. And at the same time, it also helps my driving because it records my speed. It records if I'm cutting around cars. I would not be taking pictures of anybody's plates. Well, you got you got that dash cam years ago, right? Like then you I have, have like a dash cam years. now for about eight, seven, eight years. Wow, yeah, I remember what you got a long time ago. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't recommend anybody out there taking pictures of people's yeah, plates, or you know, if you get something on a dash cam and it's recorded, you know, automatically, and something serious enough to show the cops, then fine. But just taking out your phone, no matter how bad it, someone else's fault. You're just asking for trouble. I didn't yeah, say, out there. Did yeah. the guy do anything? I didn't touch him or anything, right? The guy didn't hit him or anything. Yeah. Ruperto, why am I saying black people? Because I said, when it comes to cops, when you get pulled cops. over, a lot of black people are stereotyped and are pulled over from cops for no reason, much more than white people are. So a dash cam would document every time, you know, you something happens. And trust me, Cops know what a dash cam looks like. So if a cop is going to pull somebody over just to fuck with them or because they think something is up, they see a dash cam and they know that you didn't do anything wrong, there's a better chance that that person will just go along their way. It's not a racial thing or anything like that. It's just an opinion that for people out there who feel that, you know, look, I have a, a Lincoln Mark 7 
all blacked out with tint. And I get pulled over a lot over the years because the car looks like a, like a sports car. And, you know, I've been accused of racing when I'm not. So the dash cam, you know, even covers my ass. So anybody out there, you know, that might have an elevated uh, risk of just being fucked with as far as law enforcement goes, a dash cam goes a long way. You don't want to be, you know, and that's another thing too. I when when I watch live PD, you know, there would be many times where somebody would get pulled over, white or black, and that person that gets pulled over tries to make a cell phone call, and the yeah. cop will say, "Put the phone down, put the phone down, put the phone down, put the phone down." So, and a lot of people don't even get the opportunity to try to call somebody, let them know what's up, or maybe even live stream it. You have a dash cam. Everything's being recorded. Yeah, so you don't got to worry about yeah, that. Yeah, you don't have to touch nothing. Dash cam, without a doubt, every single person watching this right now, seriously, a $60 dash cam, a $50 dash cam, get a dash cam. Because especially you get into an accident, he said, she said, you're going, you're turning into a lane and somebody cuts across the other way and you just collide and it wasn't your fault. You make a statement to the cops, and this person makes the same statement back. Guess what? The accident ends up being 50-50. You both get charged for it. I'm telling you, game changer. Dash cam, game changer. So cool. I think we are done. And yeah. again, we went longer because so many of you were kind enough to stay with us tonight. So Absolutely. look. The shows are always targeted to 60 to 75 minutes, even Wednesday and Friday. Always get a gun to finish before midnight. But if there's a crazy audience tuning in and everybody's enjoying the show, of course, oh, yeah, you know, sure. we'll always, uh, you know, we'll always accommodate and hope everybody enjoyed the show. And again, if you want to go check it out, I totally revised the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Don Tony. You could sign up for as little as two bucks. Not only do you have all the Patreon exclusive stuff, ad-free episodes of every show that's out there, audio and video, but you have over a thousand hours of Patreon exclusive shows that you have access to the whole library. So there is tons of uh, you know just content there, and you know it helps pay the bills. And uh, you know go check it out. So and. Always welcome everybody's feedback out there. So, uh, Kev, I'll talk to you tomorrow for uh, Dark, uh, not Dark Chronicles, uh, Castle Chronicles, the solo yeah, show. Yeah, Castle Chronicles tomorrow, like DT said, sign up on Patreon right now. So it was $2. Check out the show tomorrow night, 8.15, live on our Discord network. And thanks, everybody, on YouTube. Thanks to everybody on Discord. And thank you, DT. I'll catch you tomorrow. All right, catch you tomorrow. Peace. All right, All right everybody. I am going to jet out of here. Uh, my work is not done. I have to put the shows online for everybody to access. And uh, please, on the, the YouTube, you know, yes, I always say hit the like button. Much appreciated. Gives a little more exposure. And my God, already 220 likes. You know, so, some shows we don't even get half of that because if you only if you enjoy show. If you didn't like the show, give it a thumbs down. You know, just interact. But um, that segment with picking two wrestlers, manager, go on YouTube under the posts and post yours. Definitely would love to see, you know, what what some of you out there uh, are looking as well. Um, definitely curious. You know, I, I know a lot of people like to do these interactions online. And 
you know, it's uh, plus it also may show a pattern of some favorites out there. You know, you don't have to favor one particular promotion to respect certain people out there. Uh, so definitely post it. And um, that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, Benjamin, I don't know anything yet about the algorithms on YouTube. Uh, I do agree with you, and I do know that if the, hitting the dislike button is just as important as the like button because of the algorithms, that's something I have to start studying on YouTube. I've been so focused on the content side and the quality side that I still don't even understand how they... And it's weird. It's weird because right now, if you go on YouTube and you type in the letters AEW, or if you type in SmackDown, you know, there's millions of clips out there. You type in AEW, you type in SmackDown. I haven't checked other keywords yet, but for some reason, if you type one of those two keywords right now, some of my episodes pop up in like the first 20 choices. And I thought originally, okay, maybe it's because of my search history and it's given me a recommendation. So what I did was I logged out of YouTube completely. And I went on my other computer and I typed in the same search term and lo and behold, I think it was like 13 spots down. I'm like, holy shit. And Friday's show uh, was a perfect example of it. For some reason, Friday's show was showing up like on, on searches right away and more people were seeing it, more people were watching it. I would have liked more people to interact on the page, but it was awesome. So uh, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I just, I don't get the, the formula of how things go. But the bottom line is, is, you know, if you're enjoying it, that's all that matters. And again, I will never tell anyone out there not to enjoy other podcasts out there because there's some really good ones. Lee, RCWR, you got Dells, you have uh, JD from New York, Solo Monster, Joe Cronin, Soup which is really not YouTube, but um, there's so many shows out there. I mean, it's just, it's, it, enjoy them, enjoy them. But, uh, all right, and yeah, we're almost at 13,000. We're almost at 13,000, so that's going to be awesome. I can't wait to hit 15,000 because uh, Mish and I are going to do another special episode, and uh, we kind of have an idea of what we're going to do, but we're not sure yet. But uh, so I'm going to get out of here. And um, uh, again, I hope you enjoyed the show. Much love as always. If you're on Patreon, you can catch Kev's show tomorrow night, 8.15. If you're not, Wednesday, right after AEW and NXT, I'll be up here for Wednesday Night Dynamite. Uh, we will talk about both nights. Didn't give out any spoilers today. Uh, didn't give out any spoilers on Friday either. But, um, you know, there was a little controversy. But uh, I just hope everybody enjoys both shows Wednesday. So post your feedback as always. I read everything. I try to interact with as many of you as possible. And uh, yeah, Guardian, definitely, definitely want to get 15000 before Christmas. So some people think I'll get to 20000 by Christmas. That would be fucking insane, man. I'd love it. So, but I'm out of here. Everyone be well. Much love. Stay safe. And be careful out there. You know, just... Don't take, don't trust the other people around you. Walk around. You don't have to be frantic about it. You don't have to be all paranoid. But, you know, you see strangers around you, pretend that they have COVID. And just be very, very careful. 
You know, we got outdoor dining all over my area now. I went to my friend's restaurant, you know, a little over a week ago before the vacation. And, um, you know, we made sure that we were in a corner, not around anyone. And uh, I'm not taking no chances, man. I'm not taking any risk of getting COVID. So I hope everyone stays safe out there. Much love, as always. And I will catch you all Wednesday for Wednesday Night Dynamite. Take care, everyone. Ciao. John, oh my. It was fun to channel surf. It was kind of hard to do a little pocket pool after you're hitting the last channel button 50 times for two hours plus. John, oh my. And his whole idea of overanalyzing, oh, he's an alcoholic and he misplaced the belt. And how could you have someone champion like that? Get the fuck out of here. Wednesday night. Don, oh my. You can have fun. You really are. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com